Welcome to the Right Way Christian Center podcast. Here at Right Way, we exist so that people may know God personally, grow in God relentlessly, and show God compassionately. We hope that you grow because of this message today. Amen. All right. Got a lot that I have to unpack today. God has been speaking to me. I got some prophetic words that I need to give to you, so you need to really be tuning in today. Amen. We're in part four of a series entitled Kingdom Prosperity. Today is part four, and we're talking about that you've been created to rule. Glory to God. Glory to God. You've been created. Come on, say, I've been created to rule, to dominate. Glory to God. Let's make our confession. I am prosperous. I am abundantly supplied. I have more than enough. I am very wealthy. I am a blessing to the lives of others. I am a kingdom philanthropist. Go from me, lack. Come to me, abundance. Go from me, lack. Come from me, abundance. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, How you know I do this, Lord? Just kind of. Okay. So let me give you this that the Lord just gave me. Uh, The Lord said, treat your summer like it's spring. Now, you better. Okay. You're going to do what you want to do. Eventually, one day, y'all going to receive me as a prophet of God, but you know, treat your summer. Let me just give it to you. Treat your summer like it's spring. Now, spring is really the preparing season for bloom. Now, typically, in the summertime, everything slows down and people relax, but you better hear me by the Spirit of the Lord. God said, you need to treat your summer like it's spring. Listen, he said the third and fourth quarter of this year will be very prosperous and accelerated seasons. He said, be ready. He said, the get readyers, the get readyers is my word. He told me that, so I wrote it down. He said, the get readyers will miss it. He said, you need to be guided by him on where to plant and what to buy. Position yourselves. This requires that you strengthen your spiritual perception. Now, now I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they're they, they not going to show this to you, but, but the third and fourth quarter of this year is going to be very prosperous and it's going to be accelerated, which means some things are going to move real fast. People can get in, have the, the capability to get themselves in some amazing prosperous positions. But it will only be to those who are aware of its coming and that prepare themselves, watch this, in the summertime like it's spring. Are you listening to me? Now, now listen to me. You need to pray about your spiritual perception in your business ventures and in your careers. Because it's going to be, it's going to be right there where you are that God is going to cause you to flourish, but you need spiritual perception. Come on, say spiritual perception. In other words, I'm not going in anymore just seeing this as a job. I'm not going in just looking at this as a nine to five because there's something here that God wants to make me aware of to the business owner, to the philanthropist. So you you got you to gotta turn up your spiritual perception and don't look at these summer months as just vacation time, but it's a preparation season. I'm done with explaining. You do with it what you want to do with it. I, you do, but I, I, I sense in the spirit there's some non-listeners, man, and then they're going to turn around and be begging God and asking God for stuff. And, and see, some of you, you're so, you're so, I don't need a pastor, I ain't got to listen to a man, and that's your main problem. That's your, that's your main problem. That's, that's your fallout with God right there. Praise the Lord. Now, here's, what, here's another word the Lord gave me. On 4 9 12, at 12.31 p.m., it cut. Thank you, Lord. He said, tell my people to enjoy living. He said, tell them that it's eating time. I'll explain this out of my message. I just want to give it to you since you're writing it down. He said, tell them that it's eating time. Come on, say eating time. 
Now, 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 let's get into this. Let's get into this. The, the kingdom prosperity, the word prosperity means success. It means well-being. It means plenty. Glory. It means increase. It means abundance. It means influence. It means all grace abounding. Come on, say all grace abounding. That, that means I'm, I'm hitting everywhere on every level. Glory to God. Now, we said prosperity is the makeup of man. Uh, that in the fall, everything in man's knowing became contaminated against its original intent. So it mixed with the sin nature of man and became corrupt in its understanding and use. Prosperity became corrupt in its understanding and use. Listen carefully. But that does not mean that it's corrupt because it became subject to corruption. It's the nature of the man that the prosperity's hand is in that determines if it's corrupt or not. Money, you heard me say this, is neither good nor evil. Now, I, you know, I, I've been getting some kickback uh, from, from, from men of God about my, 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 uh, my Satan statement, but that's okay, they're listening, so hopefully they keep on listening and they'll learn something. And, and that is, I said, that the Garden of Eden is real, but the Garden of Eden is also relative. And, and if we don't open our spiritual perspective, uh, get our spiritual perspective right, man. Oh, God. See, here's something else the Lord told me right over there sitting down. Thank God for the prayer. I just want to let y'all know, man, keep doing what y'all doing. I know y'all working to get better. Man, please keep doing what you're doing because the Lord be speaking. Amen. This is what I heard the Lord say. He say, uh, we've ignored the God construct. The God, come on, say the God construct. We, we, the, the God construct was that earth be governed by the God man. The, the, the God construct was not that the earth be governed by the world. It was the God construct was that, listen, God did. God from heaven. The, 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 God didn't create the world to be ran by sin. He created the world to be ran by his God-man. And that as that man reproduced, thank you, Holy Spirit, go, go to Genesis chapter 1. You know, threw me into it, so let's roll with it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And then I'm going to skip over to Genesis chapter 5. Um... Uh-huh, Genesis 6, 1, 26, and I'm going to start at Genesis 5, chapter 1. Let me show you the change out. And God said, come on, read with me. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Stop, stop. After our likeness, read that next word. And, stop. And is a conjunction. Let me help you out. And is a conjunction. We read too fast. We don't think. We skipped English. It's important. And is a conjunction. Pastor Courtney, he did not just make man in his image and in his likeness. The church stopped there, and that's why our main focus is sin. Because when Adam sinned, he lost his moral likeness. He lost the sinlessness that he had. So we're only trying to get the church to get back what that part that man lost, and it was that part that Jesus could only get back for us. But the end there is important because he did not just make us in his image and in his likeness. He said and. Now, that, that and, it means along with or in addition to having my image and my likeness have dominion. Yeah. Woo! My God from heaven, Lord, wake him up. So why are we just preaching, don't drink, don't smoke, you know, you know, don't have sex out of season, you know what I'm saying? Uh, your, your identity is off, your, your sexual identity is off, and keep your body pure. And why we don't put people on the other side of the end? We ain't talking about the other side of the end. The conjunction, in addition to, you're supposed to have dominion. Are you listening to me? Now, now watch this. Go to Genesis chapter 5. Work Holy Spirit. This is the book of the generations of Adam. 
in the day that God created man, and God made man in the likeness of himself, made he him. Male and female created he them. Bless them. What you say? And called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son. Whoa, okay. So everything that initially should have came out of Adam should have come out of Adam like Adam was created. Adam was made in God's image and in his likeness. So Adam should have re Adam should have originally been reproducing the likeness of his likeness. But Adam sinned. So instead of coming out of loins, out of Adam's loins, the likeness of his likeness, it came out of his loins, the likeness of himself. And man was now made in the likeness of Adam. Now watch this. When something comes out of loins, that's called birth. Are being born so the second Adam Jesus comes along and says come back through the loins and be born again get back to the original Adam before he fell okay first Corinthians chapter 15 let me show that to you every test Adam took in the wilderness Jesus took in the in the garden Jesus took in the wilderness because Adam had to come and take the same test and pass the test that Adam flunked. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse 45. I'm going to break something down here because, again, it, okay. And, and so it is, the first man, Adam, was made of what? Living soul. The first Adam didn't have the spirit of God in him. He was a living soul. He had the ruah in him. Say ruah. Ruah means the breath of God. It is the breath of God that gives the body life. But a sinner doesn't have the spirit of God in him. He has the Ruah, the breath of God, the part of God that gives life to the soul. When you get saved, you get the spirit of God on the inside of you. Are y'all listening to me? He, the Bible says, and God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. He breathed ruah. He breathed life, soul giving life into the man. But now, so he was a living soul. The last Adam, which is Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. So when you get born again, you're not born a living soul. You're born a spirit. Or you're born into the spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, that Adam, but that which was natural. And after that, that which is spiritual, the prototype and the pilot. The prototype is tested, it's crashed, uh, you work all the kinks out, and then after you get it all out, you say, okay, now we can have the pilot. The first Adam was the prototype. The second Adam, Jesus, was the pilot. With no kinks, no mistakes, no error, he say, now we can make everybody after the pilot. We're not going to make everybody after the prototype. We're going to make everybody after the pilot. The prototype was a living soul. The pilot was a spirit. So when you're born again, you're born again after the pilot, the spirit. The first man is of the earth. Yes, he was. Born, made of the dust of the ground. The second man is from heaven. So when you get born again, not only are you a spirit being, you watch this, you're born from heaven. You're born from above. You're born, so you're supposed to be above it all. You're, <laughs> you're supposed to be above it all. You're supposed to operate and function in life as though being above it all. Watch this. As, as is the earthly, so, so if you want to be earthly, fine. Have it your way is what the Bible says. With your earthly self. Living my true self. I just think self. He say, God say, I'm not going to force you. Have it your way. Enjoy your earthly. But the Bible says, and as is in heavenly, such are they also. I choose the second. Keep going. Look what the Bible says. And as we have, and as we have borne the image of the earthly, we know we got the image of the earthly, right? We got eyes, ears, nose. You get in the shower, that dirt fall off. We know, we know for sure. That's called being dirty, right? We know for sure there is no question that we bore this earthly. Well, then there should be no question if you're saved that you've borne the image of the heavenly. 
See, this is where we got to get our assurance at. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither do corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but shall be all changed. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go here because here's where, we, here's where we default in the God construct. Everybody is ready to get out in order to get what God said. And that is not the completeness or the absolute of the God construct. The completeness and the absolute of the God construct is not that you get out to get crowns. It's not that you get out to be cleansed. I'm, I'm trying to show you something. Now, now I'm going to prove it to you because, because in order for you to get the crown and to get cleansed, you got to be saved on this side. So it's, it's your being on this side that determines your being on that side. So, okay, okay. So now you don't even have to show that anymore because everybody ready to get caught up. But we're missing the God construct. Let me, let me go back to my point. We, 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 we throw earth away as if God isn't concerned about what he created. Nobody cares. We know we don't because we say we just pilgrim passing through. This ain't my home. It is. He put man where he wanted him. If, if it was about getting you back to heaven, he shouldn't have never took us from there. He put me away. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel that he created earth to be inhabited. He didn't create it to be destroyed. And we're removing ourselves from the responsibility that was given to the God-man to have dominion. This is a hard word. Who can hear it? The God construct was that the world would need to look back to the church his ecclesia, his called out ones for their answer. Are you listening to me? Amen. The world that was supposed to look to us, not us become them. So, you know, we got this stuff that we say, we just, this pastor talking, I'm talking the right way, member, so. Anybody watching this, no offense to you. I just think we say stuff that we don't think. I was, with, I was at lunch with our councilman, Pastor Corey, and the man said something that was quite interesting. He said, uh, he said, unintended consequences. Come on, say unintended consequences. And, and he was talking about this particular law that came out, and, and, and there was an unintended consequence that happened as a result of this law coming out that would pay women to have children. Not only pay them to have children, but will take care of them and the child as long as they didn't let the father back into the house. So it, it purported actually single family homes. And an unintended consequence happened as a result of it. He said, do you know that before, that before, uh, um, before this law, he says in the black community, now this is a Caucasian man giving me statistics about my community. He said that, do you know that in the black community, Leonard, before this law that would pay a woman to have a child, right, and, and take care of her and supplement her pay, but, but now the, the, here's the part. You can't let the man be in the home. Here's the unintended consequ consequence that we don't think of, that before that law came out, our homes, our homes in our black community were 85% Husband and wife in the home, 85%. After the law, it became 85% single-parent homes. So the question is, did it really help? Did it? And he said that's an unintended consequence because we don't look to the end. Before we do something, we just, we just, try to find a way to solve the problem, but what are some unintended consequences that could possibly come up from just solving the problem and not thinking through the problem? 85%, 85% of our homes, I told you, we were better as slaves. I'm not approving of it, but we fought to keep, the man fought for his wife. He fought for his family. He fought to keep unity in the home as slaves. And now we're free. And you look at our community. It's not the order of God. But that's what happens when you get a people that are used to handouts and don't understand that their position is to have dominion. 
God wants his earth back. So what I was saying was we say stuff, and this is unintended consequence, so share, I'm share that, that people like to say. Uh, and no offense, we say no perfect people here. You don't need to understand the unintended consequence before you say that. You just told a person that you ain't got to be perfect. But I thought the Bible says be ye perfect. So when I read that, when, I, when I've coerced you in by saying you ain't got to be perfect, then I turn around and read the scripture to you where Jesus said, be perfect. Well, I see, I'm going to mess you up now. Or will I read it at all because I just told you you ain't got to be perfect. Then when I see that scripture, I may not want to go there. Because now I got to take my word back from you when it's a word I shouldn't have given in the first place. No, God, listen to me carefully. There is a perfection that God demands from us. Or else he would not have said be perfect. Which means there is a place in your life as a believer that you can be perfect. And for most of us, we don't. Perfection in the Bible is not talking about you getting it right all the time. That's not what it's talking about. Biblical perfection deals with your treatment of other people. And that you can be perfect at. Because you got to think about how you're going to respond to a person. You got to think about the cuss word that's going to come out of your mouth. You got to think about which way you're going to roll your eyes and which way your neck going to turn. You got to think about that. And God say, in your thinking, you can think perfect. He said, you can treat people right because you have a choice. You can't choose how people treat you, but you can choose how you treat people. And God say, in that area, you can be perfect. So what do we mean when we say no perfect people here? Because we don't know what perfection meant. We thought it meant you don't sin, you don't make mistakes. The Bible says there's no man under heaven that doeth good and sin if not. Bible says you're going to make some mistakes. That's why you got grace and mercy. If you, can, if you can never not make any mistakes, you wouldn't need grace and mercy. But that's why he gave you grace and mercy. But watch this. He didn't give you grace and mercy as a hammock to sit in how you treat people. With your cuss and then your God bless you afterwards. Now, we've ignored God's construct. Whenever I hear somebody say, oh, that prosperity gospel, they're ignoring God's construct. I know that that person is either ignorant or care nothing about the world. Because we can't clothe the hungry. Clothe the, clothe, we can't clothe the naked. We can't feed the hungry. We can't shelter the homeless if we don't have prosperity. You can't do it. And I know when I hear people say that, they care literally nothing about the world. But then we'll say that and then at the end of the service say it's harvest time. And went over some of y'all heads. <laughs> Not prosperity, but then at the end of the service say it's harvest time. In other words, they just told you that it don't matter, then turn around and ask for it in the same service. Let's go somewhere. Let's go somewhere. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to this prophetic word. <clears throat> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Genesis, I, I just, you just um, let them have dominion. So they, this word dominion means sovereignty or control. This word dominion means government. It means lordship. It means leadership. It means influence. It means the territory of a sovereign or government. Genesis 2, verse 10 through 14. Just want to run through this real quick. The Bible says a river went out. Remember I said the garden is real, but it's also relative. Come on, say it's real, but it's relative. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 don't turn there my favorite verse 16 17 18 and 19 Paul said for I cease not to pray for you um, that the God of peace will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of his glory of this inheritance in the saints that's what the Bible says, right? And so he's, Paul is saying, I'm praying that your eyes will really come open to this kingdom thing. That your eyes come open. You're, you're hearing the word, but, but have your eyes really come open to understand and discern how this thing operates. Because Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church. That revelation and the gates of hell will not prevail against that revelation. 
I, and I will give unto you keys to the kingdom. Everybody don't have keys. Only those who have revelation of the kingdom have keys. I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So many of us are binding stuff because we heard it. We're not binding because we have a revelation that we have the power and authority and the ability to do it. We're doing it. We're no different than the seven sons of Sceva over there in the book of Acts when they said, we cast you out in the, in the name of Jesus that Paul know. He said, well, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? You just saying what you heard. And then the Bible says the spirit, the man that had the spirit jumped on them and whooped them naked and they ran out the city. See, many of us only come to church to repeat what we hear. We don't come to church to learn what we hear. Now, our government is doing something right now that I am, oh, my God, I, I'm on fire about. They're trying to pass a law that, that inside of this law, see, we, we, we just don't understand how bad the world needs us, man, and, and how bad the church needs, every church needs to be about the vision that God gave them. Now, before I tell you what they're trying to do, I want to paint a picture for you in your house. Especially for those of you that don't have kids yet. Unless you're setting it up for your wife to be a stay-at-home mom and that's something that she desired to do so you all don't get in contention about that type of thing. Most of us don't have the ability to have a homeschool our kids. Most of us not only have the ability, most of us don't even have the patience to do homeschooling. And so we rely on those who have the gift of teaching, right? And, and those gifts are at an institution called a school. And so we wake up in the morning time and pray to God that you are praying with your child. You got some type of confession that you'll make your child say. You're applying the blood of Jesus over your child's mind. So if there's anything that's not relative to their, the, 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 the maturation of a godly upbringing, that their ears will be deaf uh, to it. Well, if you're not doing that, you just sending your child out the house and you leaving them, you're sending them like a like a like an empty bottle for anything to be poured into. And most of you not because you're so in a hurry to get them out the way because you really see school as child care to get your child away from you. <clears throat> Rather than an institution for them to go and learn and become better as citizens, it don't matter to you. And, and so you, you, you're going to leave it up to the teachers to not only have to teach your child, but also have to, you know, train your child how to be a, a, a model citizen. So they, they got to try to discipline, whoop, and teach all at the same time. Then they call you and tell you they got a problem, and you cuss them out uh, like it, it can't be your child, and we know it's your child based on how you responded. So the problem ain't with the child. The problem is with the one that's running the house. Chances are if you got a hellish child, you got a hellish parent. And, and so now your child, your child is about to be in the care of an institution that is not godly. Unless you got the money to send them to a private school and then you can't even trust the private school because I put, I put, well, I ain't going to say not all of them, but uh, you have to still, well, let me, let, let me not say that. I call those words fall to ground to be another effect. That even if you send them to a private school where the environment is a little relegated, it is not your responsibility to give, your, to give over to the school all the authority to teach your child. Even if it's a Christian school, the Bible don't say you leave it up to the Christian school to put Christ in them. That's still your job. I remember my daughter, Kennedy, came home. She was crying, uh, got in the car. You know, she's just all in tears, bawling. And, and I'm like, what's wrong with you today? Because I usually always ask them, how was your day? You know, were you good? Did you stay in, you know, green or whatever as they grew up, you know? And so she's crying, and Kennedy tells me that in chapel, at this time we got our kids at a Christian school, she tells me uh, that at chapel that the uh, person who was running the chapel called her a sinner. 
I say, baby, they could not have called you a sinner, not in chapel. She say, yes, they did. I say, baby, baby, they may have been talking about sin, but I know in chapel they didn't tell you you was a sinner. And you know, it just got so overwhelming, so she just sat back there and cried. And I said, well, let me wait till Kyra get in the car because she's a little, you know, she's the calm one. She's the sensible one. Kyra gets in the car. She got a little pout on her face, too. And I'm like, man, what did, did they give y'all too much Kool-Aid today? And you, you're like, what is going on? And so I asked Kyra, I said, Kyra, did they tell you all in chapel that you all were sinners? And she said, yeah. I said, I know that these folks in chapel did not tell y'all, y'all sinners. Well, I would have passed, but Kyra had proof. She said, yes, they did. She pulls out this little, it was blue. They took a sheet of paper, turned it this way, and had what you, listen, they had what you are in Christ. Huh. What you are in Christ. Half a sheet of paper about the length of this. And at the very top, the first thing it said that you were in Christ was a sinner. Now, because I train my children and then leave it up to the school to put Christ in them, my children knew that that was wrong. And they knew not to receive that. I go to the school the next day. I need to talk to the principal. I have a word where I say, sir, I showed him the card. I say, right here, you said on the card that we sinners. I say, sir, you can't be saved and a sinner at the same time. I say, and in Christ, we're not sinners. We're the right. Listen, we, a saint is not just a sinner who falls down and get back up. You can't be a saint. and a, Just like you can't be single and married, you can't be a saint and single. I say, sir, I say, y'all need to take this off. He said, well, I'll talk to the pastor. He the one that made it. And see if he wants to take it off. I say, we shouldn't see if we need to take this off. It's not Bible. So I don't leave it up to the responsibility of the private school. And here's what I'm saying. So now in the public schools, you, your child is about to be in a public school for eight hours. Then they get with you, you add on that homework, you add on that school activities, uh, you add on that, you in a hurry, you grinding, you really don't like the fact that you had kids, <laughs> don't want to put no time in with your kids, you do no family time, you don't talk to them, you don't know their love language, you don't know where their feelings are, just let me do your homework, get a bath, get you some fast food because you don't cook. And then, so you, you load them down with sodium, then you give them melatonin to put them to sleep. And then we call ourselves doing business. Some of this, the way we look, man, is just, I'm so tired of some of this stuff I'm seeing. We doing it, we getting our grind on. We, 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 are, steady, we, we are steady degenerating as a people. Now, in the school system, so you may have your child four hours at the end of the night. By the time you get off, football game, cheerleading, whatever, extracurricular, hopefully you know if they're not doing too well in school, they need a little extra help, you may find them, uh, uh, you may put them in a tutoring class, you know. And, and so after all that's over with, by the time you get home, it's 7.30, 8 o'clock. You got to get them something to eat real quick, make sure the homework correct. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Then you got to put them in the bed. Then you're going to get up the next day and hit repeat. On the weekend, that's probably taken if they in sports or if you've just decided that your mama going to raise the kids for you, you could drop them off over there. Don't you want to go to your grandmama house? No. They shouldn't want to go to their grandmama house. They should want to be with their mama and their daddy. That's my support system. That's your drop-off system. It's not your support system. I'm old school. I ain't played my kids. It, it was hard for me to let my kids stay with my, my own folks. Not that I was scared. Not that I had good people, but I just felt like that's my responsibility. <clears throat> Plus, I was at work. They didn't want to stay there. Then I had to pay my sister-in-law to keep, to keep them. Right? So now your children, let me finish this story. Your children, I'm going to show you why we need prosperity, man. Your children are about to be with a school, a public school system, unless you got the money for private. And some of them are going to come into that same, especially if they're getting money from, 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 from public, they got to follow some of those same guidelines. 
Now, your, your child is about to be in school for eight hours a day, and, and they cannot identify you, their parent, by a man or a woman, by Mrs. or Mr. They, the teacher cannot identify a male child, or a, this is what they're trying to pass, or a female child by him or her. They have to use uh, non-subjective pronouns as they or them. So now your child is about to be poured into for eight hours. Eight hours for five days a week. Watch this. And you divide that by your three or four that you will only have them in the evening time and if we get to sit around the table and have the discussion. Okay, okay, I see how you're looking at me. See, I know, I know, I know. Let me show it to you. Here it is right here. Here it is right here. Look what it says. The Florida House of Representatives have recently ruled the classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not appropriate for uh, developmentally appropriate for students. To be in accordance with this policy, I will no longer be referring to your student or gen uh, your student with gendered pronouns. All students will be referred to as they or them. I will no longer use a gendered title such as Mr. or Mrs. or make any reference to my husband wife in the classroom. From now on, I will be using the non-gendered title MX. Furthermore, I will be removing all books or instructions which refer to a person being a mother, father, husband, or wife, and these are gender, gender identities that also may allude to sexual orientation. Needless to say, all books which refer to a character as he or she will also be removed from the classroom. If you have any concerns about this policy, please feel free to contact your local congressman. These are laws with your tax dollars that they're trying to pass. So you got a church now where truth is being taught. See, this is why the world, this is why the church, we got we to gotta, we gotta open our eyes. We got to open our eyes because sadly to say, many of us, our kids are going to be in those schools. But you got a church who has a vision for a school. But we got to get on the property first. We got to get the building built. And so you got to say, hey, we just getting a new building. No, we're getting it for vision fulfillment so we can keep our kids out of that fire. And we got amazing teachers here who have gifts, talents, and skills who now got to spend most of their time praying down demonic, you know, not even reinforcement, demonic stuff just so they can go into the classroom and be able to teach. And we don't think the church is needed during this hour? And they're trying to pass stuff like that? You know why? Because we don't care about the God construct. This world ain't my home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. I, heaven is my home. Heaven is not your home. Heaven is our home temporarily. After this life is over, we will not go to heaven and live up there forever. So let me show it to you since you don't read. Go to Revelations. It's not. It's not Bible. And that's why I, I get a lot of kickback when they post some of my things because, you know, when you got books you've written and when you got teaching that you need to put on the inside of people, well, you got to make a choice. Am I going to destroy the book or correct the book and change the teaching? Or, or have I been saying it for so long that I just rather keep the people? It's just easier just to keep the people there. You know, like we love saying, all things work together for your good. All things don't, that, that, you can't use that scripture in Romans 8 loosely. All sad stories don't have happy endings. So all things work together. All things, what's left outside of all? So the rape is going to work together for her good. The sodomy is going to work together for his good. The burglary is going to work together for their good. The, the, the mother dying and leaving two kids with no mom and a dad, that's going to work together for the kids good when it says, and parents bring your children up in the nurture and the admonition. Parents, it didn't just speak to the man. It spoke to both mom and dad, but the mom died, and you say, well, all things work together for the good. Oh, no, not to that. No, you said all. So you can't take that scripture and, and treat it like it's a sandwich, like it's mayonnaise and wipe it on the whole sandwich. Leave it off my side. 
The all things is talking about what it was saying prior to. Walking in the spirit, praying in tongues, trusting in God. And then it said it all works together according to his plan. So if you're not in his plan and you're doing stuff, it's not promised that that's going to work out for your good. See, when we just take everything and just throw it in the pot, we ain't cooking like that at right way. We ain't cooking like that at right way. I'm serving a la carte. If you want corn, I'm cooking corn only. Hey, man, you want steak, I'm cooking steak only. And we ain't talking about chopped steak. We cooking some good stuff. But that's what we're used to because that's what we get out of slavery. You take the chitlins, you take everything that's left over, you throw it in a pot, we call it a stew, and you say, what's in it? Just eat it. Well, now nah, them days over with. You ain't I'm not telling you to just eat anything here at right way. Let me show you something. Revelations chapter 21. Read that verse 1. Ready? Read. And... Okay, so it's a new heaven and a new earth. Well, if heaven is your home, why we need a new earth? If he's going to destroy it, then it just should all be heaven. It's a part, it becomes back to being a part of heaven. Because that word eating, remember I said it's time for eating? That word eating means an open door. See, here's a revelation that they won't tell you. I remember I told you now, Genesis uh, one, two, and three, it's, it's, it's real and it's relative, Pastor Courtney. And so here's what we don't, here's what we don't, we leave out when we talk about Eden. Oh, when we talk about Adam before the fall. Adam had a direct connection with heaven. It would have been Revelations 21 in Genesis. In other words, they could see angels flying around. That's why I wasn't a strange. Like, I, I was sharing that with Pastor M yesterday about how we say, uh, I, and I, I was guilty of saying this too. So I had to make some corrections, right? Some Those mid-course corrections, those pivots, I have to do them too. Like I was saying, ain't no way in the world no man going to be talking to my wife and I not go over there and see what they talking about in relation to Adam and Eve. Well, first of all, Adam and Eve were the first man and woman, so what other man would she have been talking to? Poor example to try to use. Right, and if if me and my wife, when my wife is praying and talking to God, I don't go in the room and say, "What you talking to God for?" I know she's talking to God. She's talking to someone that she needs to talk. That conversation ain't strange, so I have no need to impede on it. Just like Eve talking to an angel, not a serpent, wasn't strange. It wasn't a strange con. So Adam didn't need to go over there and talk about what you're talking to them. They saw him flying around and moving all the time. It wasn't a strange activity because up until the sin, before they sinned, heaven and earth was connected. Okay, let me show it to you. It's going to be, listen, the Bible says he declared the end from the beginning. So when we look at Revelations, we are just really getting a picture of what Genesis first looked like. We're getting a picture of what Eden first looked like. Well, we're in Revelation 21, right? Go up to, go down to verse 23 and 24. My time is up. Let's see. Let's see if heaven our home. All y'all just ready to go. You do know you got to die to get there. <laughs> you do know that, right? Do know you got to die to get there. You gotta, unless the Lord take you, you got to die to get there. Look what the Bible says. And the city, talking, we're looking up to heaven now. The city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is in the light thereof. Watch this, watch this. And the nations, now listen to the language of the text, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the, huh, huh? I thought we weren't going to be in earth no more. I thought we was all going to be up in heaven. Ain't what that scripture say. And he is the king and we are kings. See, in the new life, we will rule as we're supposed to, as kings. Look what the Bible says. Kings of the earth, read, do bring their glory and honor in what? In what it? In what it? 
in what it? Into it. So if I'm bringing something into it, that must mean I'm not in it. The Bible says they bring their glory into it. Glory is substance, abundance. We come into it. So if we're coming into, that must mean we're outside. That must mean we're somewhere else if we're coming into it. That means that we're in earth and we will have free passage to move from earth to heaven. From earth, New Jerusalem and heaven will be moving in and out. We'll be moving in and out. We'll be moving in and out. But earth will be our home, not heaven. Although earth will be a part of heaven. My daughter has a room in my house, so she say in my house, but it's a room. Earth is like a room in heaven. But it's still, it's still earth. It's still classified as earth like it's still classified as Kyra, Kennedy, or, or, or Kirsten, or Jayton's room. Y'all listening? I don't even, I, I, I'm supposed to be talking about prosperity. I don't even know why I went that way. So here's the point as I'm done. Here's the problem. The problem is, the problem is, no, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's a good example. Here's the problem. The problem is no one likes to drink out of a dirty cup. Because to drink out of a dirty cup is to also drink the dirt in the cup. And the reason why we can't get it right and walk in the authority that we're supposed to walk in, because we keep drinking out of a dirty cup. But yet when the word is being taught to clean the cup, people like the cup that's dirty. He said, tell the people to enjoy. We're supposed to be having so much fun living. Sister Agnew, man, we, I'm telling you, man, we're supposed to be. It po when folk look at our lives, they're supposed to be like, y'all, y'all some, some lazy folk. Y'all don't never do nothing. No, no, we do. We do. We got to grind. We, we get it. We get it. But, but, but it's that glory that's on me that you really see. That's what they're supposed to see in the world. And we've totally destroyed that out of the church. We just, we just, we just done. We supposed to look run down and, and like we ain't nothing and we think that's going to draw the world. It's not. That's a dirty cup. Here's what the Lord said. He said, tell them to enjoy living. Tell them it's Eden time. This word Eden means pleasure. It means terrestrial paradise. It means open door. It means a delightful place. But here's what also I heard. This is, this is a blessing warning from the pastor. This is not, God didn't say this as a pastor who, who is supposed to be a proper covering for the sheep. Here's a warning death that I attach to that right there. Protect yourself with your tithes, your seeds, and a heart of generosity. Oh, there you go. No, no, no. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I've been in this over 20 plus years, and I've seen people who have lived the Eden life and got off just like Adam because they didn't protect themselves. See, your tithes rebukes the devourer. It's, it, it, the Bible says it testifies that your high priest, that Jesus ever lives. It keeps you in allegiance to Jesus. Of course, we need to sow seeds so we can see perpetual harvest in our lives, and we have to maintain a heart of generosity because if you're only getting and you're never getting, then you are a dead seed, not a red seed. You only have an inlet and you don't have an outlet, and typically if you keep getting stuff in and it never gets out, you're going to get backed up. And if it backs up and you use the bathroom in your body, And that's what's happening to a lot of believers. I see y'all getting blessed, but you backed up. You're supposed to have an outlet. So it keeps moving. It keeps moving. It keeps moving. And the way we protect ourselves is through our generosity. Give you these scriptures. You read it, on your, read it in your time. Write these down. Go study out just what I said. Malachi 3, 10 through 13. Come on, real quick. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Shorthand, M-A-T-T -T is Matthew. Luke. LK 10, 25 through 37, Luke 12, 16 through 21, and then 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19, and I hear someone say, say that again, and I will. Matthew chapter, Malachi 3, verse 10 through 13, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 27, Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21, 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
verse 17 through 19. All of those are scriptures that will protect you as you enjoy your Eden. Amen. Amen. You may want to hang around for 1030. I have a little more time. I can go a little deeper. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for your people. Uh, God, just continue to build on this teaching. Unpack to us uh, what you would have us to be, do uh, in the earth realm so that your kingdom can be demonstrated and manifested uh, not only in our lives, but your kingdom can be manifested in the earth. You said go and preach the kingdom of God. And so, Father, that's our desire. That's our longing to not only preach it, but to demonstrate the kingdom of God as well. For you said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to a witness to all the world and then the answer as a witness and then the answer come God. So God, we pray now that you would give us the witnessing tool that we need so that they will not only see but know that you are a true and living God. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said amen. Amen. Before I shed it down, I want to make sure that uh, no one in the room uh, is a part of the old Adam. That old Adam fall. You need to be a part of this new Adam resurrection. And you don't stop doing what you're doing. You don't try to change in order to receive Jesus. You receive him just as you are. You, you allow him to, to have the house in the condition that it's in. And then he comes in and he begins to do the work. He does all the repair work on the inside of the house. Whatever, whatever sins and whatever habits you're dealing with, whatever things you're wrestling through, Jesus say, just let me in the house and I'll do the renovation work. That's what we call salvation. You have that opportunity today, whether you're in the room or you're watching us on live. Uh, I, I believe that it's been divinely orchestrated by God that you were able to be here and hear the sound of my voice and, and give you this invitation, this ability to be saved. If that's you and today you'd like to make that choice, well, I just want to ask you to simply repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know without you I am lost. Today, I repent of my sins. Christ Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and I make you the Lord of my life. I belong to you. My life belongs to you. Have your way in my life. In the name of Christ. Amen and amen. Well, just like that, the Bible says you are born again. I want to welcome you to the body of Christ. Now listen, salvation is instant, but it's also a journey. There are things that you're going to have to work out, new mindset that you're going to have to get, and it takes time, and we want to walk this life out with you. And so I want to ask you to go to uh, rightwayccc.org forward slash next steps and it's going to be there at that platform uh, that we're going to gather some information my team we're going to reach back out to you to make sure that you understand conclusively what just transpired in your life on today there are some videos that you can watch that will help explain salvation to you so that you without question know that you are saved and again congratulations and Welcome to the body of Christ. If you'd like to join right way, you want more information about the church, that's an amazing platform that you can go and learn about what we're doing in this city and who we are as a church, just in case you have it in your heart to become a part, a partner with this amazing ministry. So can we put our hands together for those who made that choice on the day? God bless you. And again, congratulations. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.